There's a spirit at Bryan Health, a passion that says we can make it better, stronger, to raise our kids, to build our future, to move forward together. It's time for Bryan Health Radio. Here's Melanie Cole. Do you or someone you know have trouble sleeping at night or stay awake during the day? One in three Americans has a sleep disorder that makes sleeping and waking hours miserable. A good night's sleep is as essential as exercise and proper nutrition. My guest today is Lee Hightoff. She's a sleep technologist with Brian Health. Welcome to the show, Lee. Tell us a little bit about sleep disorders and what's going on. Why are so many people, and we hear ads in the media, why are so many people suffering from sleep problems now? Well, if you think about it, in your busy life, what's the first thing that you're going to give up or sacrifice? Usually it's sleep, and it should be one of the last things that we give up. Sleep makes everything else in your body work better. And so when you're not sleeping well at night, it directly affects how you feel during the day and how your body functions, how it metabolizes food, how, um, how fast you're going to run on your jog this afternoon. It affects all of those. And so when you don't sleep well at night, you don't feel very good during the day. And sometimes people have a hard time relating those two. So they come to us and they say, I sleep just fine, but the sleep they're getting isn't very good. And then they don't feel well during the day. So eventually they get to us, and when we can get a sleep disorder straightened out, then they start feeling a lot better during the day. So how do you do that? If someone comes to you, first of all, what are, what are the red flags? If someone, I mean, we all have bad night's sleep. We all sure. suffer from a little insomnia. But what, what would signal, oh, you know, you've got an issue, go see somebody? Yeah. If you're sleeping enough during the night, so say you're getting your seven to nine hours of sleep and you're still feeling awful during the day, you're not able to function, you're noticing how it's affecting your performance, then it's maybe time to start talking to your family doctor. Now, I wanted you to talk to your family doctor first because we want to make sure everything else is accounted for. Because sometimes like a low thyroid, sometimes depression, sometimes medications all mimic sleep disorder symptoms. So we want to get those ruled out before you get to us. And then when you get to us, mainly we're, we're looking at is, the first thing we look at is sleep apnea. And that's where the airway closes during the night. The chief uh, symptom of sleep apnea is snoring. So what happens with snoring is as the airway starts to close, when you start to relax as you fall asleep, the airway closes. Eventually it gets small enough that the air you're needing to get down into your lungs is more than can fit through that tiny little space. When that gets tiny enough, that air that's trying to get into the lungs, there's resistance against it, and resistance makes those tissues vibrate, and that's what snoring is. Now, sometimes it just stays at snoring, but what happens with sleep apnea then is that the airway completely closes. So I still see people trying to breathe, but there's no air coming in and out of the nose and mouth because we have an obstruction. We have a blockage. Now, eventually, the brain is going to choose to breathe rather than to sleep. So we might hear a snort, choke, or a gasp during the night. They wake up, get that airway open again, and as they fall asleep, it starts to happen all over again. Sometimes people are aware of it, and sometimes they're not. Okay, so sometimes it would be their spouse or the person that they're with that becomes aware of this, yes? Typically, the bed partner is a very good source of information. Oftentimes, after hunting season, when, when uh, the people go with their buddies and they share a hotel room, and then they tell them, but you need to get your snoring checked out. I couldn't sleep all night long. So it's usually somebody else is, that, is what's nudging them to get, uh, to get it checked out. Then how do you find out 
if you have sleep apnea. Tell us about sleep studies. What's involved in those? Yeah. Well, once you get referred into her, you're going to see a sleep doctor. The sleep doctor is going to do a sleep history and physical. So we're really going to look at the fine details of your sleep. And once they do that, they decide what sleep disorder are we looking for and what's the appropriate testing. So if it's for a typical sleep apnea case, we're looking for the snoring. We're looking for witnessed apneas. We're looking for do you wake up choking and gasping. And sometimes insomnia accompanies those issues. So when they come in for a sleep study, um, typically now a lot of the insurances are requiring that we do a home sleep test first. So a home sleep test is where you'll come in during the day for maybe a 20 or 30-minute appointment where we teach you how to put this equipment on. Then you're going to take it home that night, put it all on, start it, go to bed, and then the next day you're going to bring it back to us. We're going to download it and see if we've got clear and clean-cut apnea. If we don't, that doesn't mean you're off the hook. That means we need to go through further testing. Now, if somebody has some uh, comorbid conditions, maybe like a neuromuscular disease or um, uh, central sleep apnea, that's where the airway is open but there's no drive to breathe, then we'll bring you into the sleep center for a sleep study. And we've got a great crew. All, all sleep technologists are very good at making people feel comfortable. They understand the anxiety of hooking somebody up, putting all this equipment on them. It doesn't hurt. There's no pain. Um, it's just everything just rests right on the skin and over the jammies. And so we monitor during the night. Pick, uh, we're going to monitor a lot more information than that home sleep test did and see if we can figure out what's going on during the night. So can people actually get a decent night's sleep and a sleep study? I, I've always wondered that with the lights and the monitors mm-hmm. and knowing somebody's keeping an eye on them. Yeah, we don't expect you to sleep as well as you normally do. That's called a first night effect. You know, if you go spend the night in the hotel, you don't sleep as well as you usually do. Um, That happens here in the sleep center because now we're putting equipment on you and you're kind of being forced to sleep. And um, we make it as relaxing an experience as possible and just reassure people you are going to sleep. It doesn't happen very often that somebody doesn't. It does happen, but not very often. But the sleep that you get is going to tell us then what's going on. Wow, that's really interesting to note. Then what do you do if you determine someone has apnea or insomnia or mostly apnea? Then what are the treatments available? We hear about so many in the media. The the tried and true treatment for sleep apnea is nasal CPAP or nasal continuous positive air pressure. So it's going to be a little appliance that's going to fit over your nose or kind of up in your nose. We have a ton of choices now as to the type of appliance that somebody will use then that's connected to a hose that goes to the CPAP machine that sits beside the bed. Then that CPAP machine starts moving air pressure back up through that hose, then it goes through that appliance, then up your nose, kind of up your airway, and we're going to kind of splint or blow your airway open with air pressure. And so it's a very simple solution to a very complicated problem. It's non-invasive, it doesn't hurt, and its effects are immediate. So that's the tried-and-true treatment for sleep apnea. Now, is there somebody, a problem, Lee, with adherence to a CPAP? There is. And I tell people everybody has their own timetable as to how they're going to adjust to CPAP. Some people can wear it from the first night. Some people, it may take them a few nights to get used to it. But I tell people, you just make your own path, and I at least want you to put it on every night and slowly work up the time that you're on it. And um, typically, we have pretty good compliance rates. Um, I think we're in the, probably the 80 to 85% that people are able to utilize and get used to wearing their CPAP. 
do all the medications that are on the market from Ambien to all these other sleep medications, do they help or hurt apnea? Um, your Ambien is actually has been shown scientifically not to alter your sleep architecture or how your sleep lays out during the night. It doesn't interfere with sleep stages. So Ambien is usually very safe and effective. You just got to make sure you have the right dose because Ambien has gotten kind of a bad rap in the last few years and where maybe people are starting to, you've heard of sleep eating or sleep driving, and typically that's when somebody's taking too much, uh, a higher dose than what they need, or they paired it with alcohol, and then you get bad results of that. But when it's taken in its proper dose, it is usually very effective and very safe. So give us a little bit of your best advice about sleep hygiene and what you want people to do to get their best night's sleep. Sleep hygiene is our, is our rules for better sleep. What can we do? What behaviors can we follow to make sure that we get the best night of sleep that we can? And the biggest thing is to maintain a consistent wake-up time. So if you're not able to fall asleep or you have bits of insomnia during the night, still getting up at that same time helps reset that body clock to know that, okay, it's daytime, it's time to get up. You might struggle a little bit the next day. I want you to be careful while you're driving and try to avoid napping. That will help you then get to bed at your appropriate time the next day. If you're laying in bed more than 15 or 20 minutes and you're still wide awake with racing thoughts, I want you to get up and get out of bed. Go do something quiet, non-stimulating. I don't want you in front of a phone or a computer because that light signals to our brain that it's time to be awake. Do that until you fall asleep, and then you go back into your bed. Because we want the bed and the body to associate those two things, that this is a place that welcomes sleep, not a place where you struggle to sleep. So that's why I want you to get up and get out of bed. I want you to be careful with your caffeine intake. Um, I usually typically say no caffeine within eight hours of bedtime. So caffeine is a stimulant. It's, or I call it a sleep robber. It will affect your sleep. Even though you may be able to get to sleep, the sleep you get is not going to be a very good sleep. So those are the main rules for better sleep. And in just the last few minutes, please tell us about some of the resources Brian Health offers for people with sleep disorders. Sure. You can always call into the sleep center and talk to a sleep technologist if you're having some questions, wanting to know how I get started, what are some things that I'm looking for. Um, the main resource I want you to use, though, is your family or your primary care physician, because let's make sure that some of those things that might imitate a sleep disorder are taken care of. And then you get into the sleep center. Um, we're going to take very good care of you make sure that we're doing the appropriate testing, doing the right test for the right reason. Um, we have a website through the Brian uh, main website that you can get in. The National Sleep Foundation is also a good website for some general information on sleep. And every once in a while, we offer talks um, where we'll give a talk on sleep and how important sleep is, and sometimes on sleep disorders also. Thank you so much, Lee. It is great information, so beautifully put. Besides, for more information about sleep apnea and the sleep aware screening, go to brianhealth.org. That's brianhealth.org. You're listening to Brian Health Radio. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks so much for listening.